This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Cyberpunk Uncensored, and I am Rob Mulligan. This episode is all about custom gangs for cyberpunk. And this is not to be confused with a previous episode I did about cyberpunk gangs, where I discuss basically all the gangs coming from the 2020 uh, rule book, the core book, the Night City Source book, uh, the Red Jumpstart book, and uh, the uh, 2077 Dark Horse uh, World um, art book. I took all the information from those and kind of go over an, an entire timeline of gangs uh, involved in cyberpunk and Night City specific. But um, this episode is about custom gangs. So, um, you know, it'll be fun to listen to whether you're a player or a GM, but I imagine this will probably be most helpful to like GMs and stuff because, you know, I just want to kind of go over um, all the different options and creative ways you can kind of make gangs or, or work with them or, you know, implement them into the game. Uh, game. But um, before I dive into that, let me introduce my guest. You might remember him from a previous episode. It's my buddy Hugo from the Cyberpunk Uncensored group. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, dude? Good. Yeah, thanks for joining me again. I know we tried to connect the past couple of days, but the schedule kept, you know, getting pushed back and back. But, you know, thanks for joining me today, man. I appreciate it. Glad to be back. So yeah, custom uh, booster gangs or well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. custom gangs because I definitely I don't want to just only be booster gangs because I love poser gangs too. I got a lot. I've I've always implemented some original creative ideas for that too, and those are always fun. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. So uh, I have to say though, when I first got into cyberpunk and especially cyberpunk twenty twenty, um, this was the aspect of the game that really kind of brought out the creative juice in me because yeah there's the standard booster and poser gangs that are listed in the book but it really implies that like anything can be a booster gang anyone can be a poser gang it's not just what you read in the book it's kind of just like the most popular you know like and, and like in real life you know like everyone knows sort of like the bloods and the crips right but you know there's a whole myriad subculture of other gangs and 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 loose affiliations and whatnot that make this whole web of organized crime gangs kind right. of thing. And so I was like, wow, you could just make anything. Like, I mean, think about it, like the Gilligans, the Bozos, you know, kind of thing where it's like, yeah, it's like thematic. And, yeah, and so I think, uh, I, I think the reference that you made too uh, comes from that night city source book. I totally remember uh, the section, and especially because I revisited that for that gang episode we did. But you know, when it when it says this is a section of you know main well known gangs, and then I think there, there's a section that says the lesser known gangs, and then there's a whole bunch there. But in that top description, it, it's it ends with saying something like you just said, where it's like uh, you know this is a bunch of the gangs that we have and we're describing, but this is just the tip of the iceberg by all means. There's, you know, you know, numerous other gangs throughout the city, as many as you can think of. So feel free to add your own. And in, in fact, please do. You know, it has that sort of attitude. Um, and I love I that. Yeah. I love and I dove, I dove, like, I dove headfirst into it. Like I loved nothing better than sit most nights and be like, like poser gang, like just come up with something crazy, like something really weird 
and could I make a whole gang culture around it? Like, what would be the hierarchy? Like, what would be like the uniform? Like, what would be the imagery? Like, would that work in a in a, like a day to day setting and whatnot? And so, yeah, I came up with all kinds of crazy. I mean, because yeah, people are wacky. You you look at human culture in the real world; people make cults and gangs out of almost anything, right? No, and that's where I think uh, some of the ones that I've made up in the past. I feel like when I was younger, especially, I would make up ones that I I feel would be more booster gang style and more open, right? And then, but I was always impressed by all the poser gang style ones in in the source books and the books. But I tended to always make like, you know, uh, uh, for lack of words, like you know, a martial arts gang or like this gang that's just all about, you know, uh, melee and and or. Uh, you know, a gang of like ex corps that did do this or that, or, you know, that are hooked on drugs and now that's all they're pushing. And like, um, it would always be something like that. But then as I got older, I found myself like when I would make up gangs to get way more into like poser gangs. And I, and I don't know where, where or why that shift happened, but I definitely seem to have more fun with it. Like recently, and just an example, recently I was uh, playing a game uh, and I, in, in my life pad, this was actually a game I was playing, not GMing it, which is very rare. But um, in my life path, I had, you know, a gang that I, I was enemies with or such, you know, I grew up in a gang, but then I had an enemy one. Um, the one I, I made up was a family one and it was, uh, I think called the sticky fingers and they were just a bunch of thieves. Right. So just your typical booster gang. But the one that was like our rival was called the tiger Kings. And what it fell back on, it was like a retro booster gang because you got to remember this is the future. So the, the retro was from that pop culture docu series that came out. So like the the gang would represent where all the guys would get like body mods and have like the biker stash and the mullet, and they would try to look like yeah. Joe Exotic, yeah, and all the females perfect. would be like Baskin. Perfect. Or the other thought within that that I thought would be kind of cool is the leaders, like the guy and the girl, would be like the Joe Exotic maybe basket, you know, Carol, and then maybe even his boyfriend as like a, a, a sort of gimp. But then the rest of the gang got all body modded to look like tigers and shit. That's another kind of creative way to pull that off. But either way, you get the point is it's a retro bo- uh, poser gang called the Tiger Kings. <laughs> no, that absolutely. That sounds great. It, that's exactly my point. Like you could just come up with any weirdo, anything that you find from pulp, pop culture, from movies, from music, and just wrap a whole theme around it you know i mean in reality and, and all most people talk about the fact that like the warriors is sort of a spiritual inspiration for some some this whole aspect of of cyberpunk 2020 yeah. you know like and the the sort of the gang culture in that movie sort of represents what the booster and the poser gangs are in the dark future and so i was just completely in love with that concept and like you're like i i for example like um one of the booster gangs I came up with, I like the whole idea of booster gangs, I have the whole idea of organizations that wrap themselves around sort of like ceremony and tradition and a sort of culture that's only unique to them as sort of like a, a badge and sort of like a secret, like a secret society kind of like you're, we all, we, all, we don't need to like vet you because you know, the only way you could fit amongst us, if you know all the ins and outs of what we do here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I could, yeah. You know, so you could dress up as a booster gang member, but the minute you walk into the clubhouse and someone like asks for the secret handshake, you're done. Like, right? You know what I'm saying? I always love that concept. So for example, like I had a, a whole group. Um, they were called the Poachers, and 
they were human traffickers. They just, you know, sex slavery, human captivity, um, body harvesting, organ harvesting. That was their, that was their whole bit. Um, but their whole culture was wrapped up around this whole idea of being big game hunters, right? Human is the, humans are the best prey to hunt for. Um, and so they were all dressed like these archetypical, you know, turn of the century, big white hunters. I literally used like, uh, you ever saw the movie Jumanji? Yeah. Um, that crazy white hunter that comes out of the game, you know, yeah. with a big gun i literally used that guy as a portrait of this is what a typical poacher looks like just imagine this kind of guy <laughs> nice. um and like even to the point of describing it like yeah like don't be fooled that looks like a musket that that guy's wearing but it's actually like a high-powered assault rifle that just looks like a musket <laughs> yeah because <laughs> nice. they're all they just lean into the whole aesthetic of it and so um and so yeah um, but all, my all-time favorite and the one I always love to talk about is is the silent or it, it, it was this other there was a dofer gang they were a drug gang and so their gimmick was um, they all sewed their mouth shuts and this was so random oh, that's so funny I was going to mention a gang I, I created that was very similar where they were all mutes like that but go on go on that's awesome and it was so funny because I was literally watching the Matrix one night and you know that scene where Neo you know, is in yeah, the yeah. interrogation room, like and, the, and the right, and the agents like, well, what's the, what's the point of a phone if you don't have a mouth? And then his mouth seals up, and he freaks out. And I'm looking at his face, and I'm like, holy shit, you could make a whole gang about that. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so I just imagine that the whole point was keep your mouth shut. If you literally have no mouth, you can't talk. Um, and that's the whole culture revolves around that. And it works in cyberpunk because there's marquee tattoos, marquee, uh, cyber eyes. There's inter like, there's, you know, internal wireless comms on top of just people learning sign language and just having secret languages that they could just speak in signs and, you know, in all kinds of manner. And I was like, yeah, you could have an entire culture around the fact that no one says a single thing, but you could have all this communication happening. And it's all eerily quiet. Like you go into these gang, their gang hideout, and it's just like it's silent. Yeah, yeah. And everyone and everyone has their mouth shut. And I was just like, and I was like, it, and even that could be used as a gang thing. Like you start off at the bottom and you just sew your mouth shut. So you still have a mouth. It's just sewn shut. But once you get to like the upper level, it literally gets to like the you look like Neo or you look like uh I, and this was the one because I always like the fight probably Ryan Reynolds would probably approve of this. This is probably the only application. Of, of that version of Deadpool from X-Men Origins that he hates. You know, the one oh, yeah, where yeah. he's all ball-headed with his mouth sealed up? Yeah. And I, I use that as a portrait of a high-level silent gang member because they just commit themselves to surgically removing their mouth completely from their bodies. And so, nice. and so yeah, and it's like, and, and in the game, the party had to infiltrate their base of operations and then, you know, do some shenanigans but that was the whole subculture that i had wrapped around it and i was just like and literally just like i just still think of it this way like yeah i was just watching the matrix and then and then literally as i was thinking about it i was like 
when I looked at it, I was just like, and then I remember that picture of Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. I'm like, that's the perfect <laughs> image in my head of what I'm thinking about right now. And then I put, and everyone on the table laughed when I showed them the picture, which was just added a whole bunch of, and some people were like, yeah, it's probably the best use of that picture ever. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's great. Um, and speaking of like movie references, that's such a great, you know, resource for kind of pulling uh, poser gangs or booster gang ideas like you did, you know, maybe extracting a theme or an idea or a scene from a movie and kind of running with that as a sort of theme or culture or cultist sort of passion within a booster gang. Um, but it's also a great source for like poser gangs too. Um, one example um, is like using the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, having like a family just like how they, they were family and the Saws family but all of them using like chainsaws for melee weapons. Um, one other yep. uh, sort of horror film, horror films are great to pull from when it comes to that. But uh, there was an episode I did uh, with Chris Hawk about, you know, the uh, Interface magazine, but the, he did all the original artwork from 2020, uh, second edition and Night City Sourcebook. He did all the artwork for all the gangs uh, for back then. But um, I did an episode with him and we were discussing that. And one of the things he brought up I thought was so cool. I want to kind of put it in one of my... Uh, games eventually is uh, uh, the, the Cinnabites from Hellraiser and it's like all of them are kind of like demoned out kind of like the Cinnabites from Hellraiser but they also leave like these sort of little game boxes around the city so it's it's kind of like great bait for like a tech that maybe tries to figure out what, what the hell this device is you know and then when they finally get it open it's kind of like a beacon that calls all the Cinnabites there to you know fuck them up <laughs> so I thought that was great yeah. Great concept. I mean, that's a great recruitment drive, right? Yeah. That'd be a great subplot to throw in as a recruitment. Like, hey, come join our group. You're worthy. You figured out that you figured out the puzzle. So yeah, no, I thought that was pretty cool. But um, but yeah, movies have always been a great source, um, you know, to try to create gangs from. But I like how you pulled, you know, apart from it, you know, not necessarily like a poser gang to the gang to look like a bunch of what was the Mister Smiths or whatever, you know. Um, or a bunch of whatever, but you extracted that, you know, part of the film, that moment, like you saw the, the no mouth look and it reminds you of the Deadpool look and you're like, oh shit, like a whole gang, uh, you know, kind of into that. I think that's really creative. That's cool. Yeah. Like I said, and I, I am, I always talk about this part of the game, especially when people, um, talk about, because one of the weird things about what makes cyberpunk different from say Dungeons and Dragons is unlike Dungeons and Dragons, where you could literally just go to the book, Hobgoblin, here are your stats. This is what a Hobgoblin looks like. This is what they act like. This is what they're going to be wearing. This is what they were typically going to carry. You could throw some variation if you want, but if not, you could just make five copies of that. Boom, you have your squad of Hobgoblins, and you're ready to go. And Cyberpunk doesn't really have that. You, you pretty much have to make your own enemies kind of deal. And so some people get intimidated by that. And I'm like, no, that's the best part. You yeah. have, you know, that's when the, you know, the governor's off, you have free reign. You can just do whatever you want, make it look however you want to make it look like you want to make everyone look like a character from Mad Max, make them look like characters from Mad Max. You want to make everyone look like a character from the movie Grease, make them look like characters from the movie Grease. Yeah. Your imagination is literally free to run wild. No, most definitely. And I think it's a, like, you know, it shouldn't be something that intimidates any GM or person trying to get into cyberpunk or run. It should be very liberating because you're not 
locked in to have to remember or go with just a specific tool set and, and memorizing those and that look or whatever. And that's fun in itself. I mean, I, I still love D&D and, and games like that, but um, Cyberpunk just has a lot more freedom when it comes to that. Like you said, it's just more open and it should be, you know, not intimidating, but like I said, more liberating and more fun and exciting. Well, I mean, it's more comfortable and more comforting to be like, okay, you know, most of the heavy lifting and the thinking has been lifted off my shoulders. I know that this character will work as an opponent for what my players are are capable of doing and there's a framework uh, you can argue whatever you want and trust me i come from the D world and combat rating and combat difficulty and all that is something that even inside 5e people argue about constantly um but at the same time it's like there is something to be said for you just to be able to open the book and go okay yeah this is what a goblin is supposed to be like i don't have to you know the details i have to come up with are very minor it's something very different to say okay I got, you know, like my guys are going to be going into a gang hideout and meet like the head of the gang. What does that look like? That is, in some respects, very, I would say that is kind of daunting if you've never done it before. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's why I say, hey, don't be intimidated. Be creative. Go to your movies. Go to your TV shows. Go to what you like and pull from what you enjoy. And I guarantee you, you will come up with something that everyone else will enjoy. I think that's the biggest fear that most people have in this is like they like what they like, but then it's it comes to the it's almost like the artist kind of fear. You know, you you think everything you make or or you think you're a genius or you think you what you come up with is great, but then there's that moment where you put it up there and everyone has to look at it and you're just like, well, what if everyone thinks that what I just created was garbage and laugh at me? And now I'm like standing here. You know, and then you're the GM, so you got usually got like three or four guys, right? Women staring at you, so there's that whole, you know, intimidation. And I mean, yeah, you know, some people are friends, and there's not that stress to it, but some people aren't. And it's like, yeah, you know, I just, you know, I spent hours creating this, and it didn't look like they even enjoyed it. And I, I hear a lot of GMs say that, you know, that is a thing that does happen, and. Yeah, no, so just like it... any art or anything you create, like you said, you know, you put you put yourself out there and then, you know, you're susceptible to feedback and, and everybody else's opinions and things. And you do kind of worry about that. I think that might be the only sort of intimidating part about kind of creating your own within like the game system instead of just relying on like, oh, okay, let me just pull up some pages. OK, there's a goblin, there's an orc. All right, I'll pull out one of those. Um, but no, I, I, I definitely think like instead of it being intimidated, it should be looked at more like I said, more freedom, more flexible. And because of that, almost the opposite of intimidating and just almost kind of easy. Uh, it might be like, you know, less of the heavy work, you know, heavy lifting is done for you. But within that, it kind of gives you the freedom to say, okay, if my campaign is about the corp zone or about the combat zone, or it's about, you know, chemical companies, or it's about traveling with nomads, whatever your campaign is about, and if you need some type of gang, you can kind of start with the basics and, and think, okay, well, this is the this is the area I'm working in. What type of gang would be here? And when you look at that, I think the first step should be something like, well, am I looking at a gang that this is kind of their territory? And then come up with something that's fitting. And then there's different sub, sub things within that that I'm going to get into in a minute that I would look towards. But there's also the idea that is it a gang outside of this area 
that's trying to get into this area or infiltrate it or take it or, or whatnot. So you can look at whatever campaign you have, and it's almost like it gives you some freedom because you're wherever you are, you can come up with something that makes sense. And then when you look at the area and you come up with what what type of gang kind of would fit there, then you can either go like, you know, the booster gang route, like a typical gang that's into, you know, whether combat or stealing or smuggling or drugs or whatever, or you can go more poser gang route, which does the same types of things as a booster gang, but, you know, relies more on the body mods and customization of things to look like uh, a trend or a cult sort of classic thing or a pop culture reference sort of thing. Or like you said, you know, all the mouths and stuff, that's almost poser gang-esque in, in that cult fashion where they all kind of body mod in a, in a, in a sort of a look or whatever. But, um, but yeah, once you kind of look at the area, then you can think booster or poser. And then you take it from there. You can pull from movies. You can pull from news. You can just pull from your favorites. And I think, you know, don't be scared of being criticized within that because it doesn't matter if someone likes or dislikes the movie reference you pulled from. Just the fact that you're pulling references from any type of pop culture thing or an aspect of a movie or going full on like, you know, Tiger King style, like when I was mentioning that earlier, um, no matter what, as long as people catch the reference or know it's there, it sets the mood that that is a poser gang and that's their thing. So like, I don't know, don't be intimidated by that. Anybody listening, any GMs, just dive in and start getting creative with your gangs and just take it one step at a time, like I just said. And, um, and don't forget, you know, hey, references can come from anywhere, not just films. But what, what were you going to say, Hugo? Yeah, I mean, and, and as I as I reference, you know, what I consider the two best creations I ever made as a GM were two gangs that literally one was just something where I literally just sat there and be like, okay, I need some opponent for them to go after. I could just pick whichever gang from this, but then, I'm then I have to tie it to their territory and their geography, and I don't want to do all that. So let me just make one up so I could just fit them anywhere in the city and they can go wherever they want to go. And that's how the poachers got created. And half of it was me thinking about it. Half of it was just some random stuff that I had thrown in there. And then finally, I was just scrolling through pictures and I said, I like this concept. And I just went with that. But the, the silent was literally ad hoc the players had decided to go on some random tangent to get this information to in a in sort of a plot hook kind of way they needed this key piece of information they needed to know where the poachers were the poachers being big game hunters would randomly move their base of operation to keep people off their scent um and so it was hard to track them down i intentionally put that in the game so they couldn't just be like oh that's where they are we'll just go there and kill them all um and so they were trying to figure out, you know, how they were going to get this information. So finally, one of them, one of them decided they were going to call in a favor. They spoke to their drug contact because they were selling drugs on the side. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, where am I going to take this? Because, you know, they could ask for money. They could ask for a hit. I could make them do some other job. And I said, that's it. I'll make them do some other job. Pads out the game. Makes me plan out. Gives me more time to plan out the story. And I'm like, yes, there's a rival Dofer gang that are working with the poachers. And if you screw them over, I'll give you all the information you need to know because they're going to come to me after their operation gets screwed over. And I'll tell you everything you need to know about what the poachers are doing. You just got to do this one job for me. And that's how the silent got created nice. just then and there. And, nice. and like, 
I had no idea, no conceptualization that any of that was ever going to happen in my game. It just evolved organically from what the players were doing. Nice. Have you have you created uh, any games, whether you've used them or not? Because like sometimes, you know, I've I've definitely come up with ideas for different gangs and things that I that I never ended up putting into an actual you know, session or whatever. Um, Cause sometimes you'll think of a bunch of ideas and then jot them down and things and then move on. And maybe it doesn't, oh, yeah. or you forget. I have, a, but I yeah. have a blank, I have a blank Google document where I just write down nice. little one, one little one lines like yeah. gang, you know, gang revolving around this pop celebrity or, or, you know, a gang that revolves around, you know, uh, suit chefs. Yeah. Well, that's, see, that's what I was just going to ask is, uh, you know, aside from films and stuff, let's kind of explore some of the other resources that people can pull info or ideas from to kind of create gangs. Like I love the, um, you know, any type of pop star reference, pop culture, obviously music uh, works well as well. Yeah, you see, like, you know, I don't know whether my, well, I know why, because I'm just not a like pop call like a pop celebrity you know i don't follow a lot of celebrity people right. so whenever I, I so whenever i think of like personalized gangs i'm always not thinking of celebrities although you are probably more on the right track of what of what it would typically be most people would probably just emulate their most famous they're most well-known celebrity well most person. definitely when it comes to like poser gang stuff like you got to think like big films big you know, bands, big pop stars, um, big famous literature or uh, comic books or things. And it could be like literature stuff like, you know, uh, um, Tom Sawyer style stuff or old, old classics where maybe they're looking like that or acting like that. Um, you know, I, I think another resource, too, that's kind of cool uh, are like uh, employment positions. Right. So like maybe it's a whole gang of like. Um, well, well, like you said, uh, you I think you said the word chef. Like it would be kind of cool, a gang of just a bunch of ex-chefs from like, you know, a food truck district or something that got fed up with a corp that took it over or was taxing them or a booster gang that was pressing on them for quote-unquote protection for them to have their strip of restaurants out of it or something like that, you know, and they all retaliated well, and got together. I mean, in the dark future, it's but, like jobs are perfect for that. You know, in the dark future is as simple as a yeah you know food is a premium so yeah there would be an entire organization an entire i can imagine an entire criminal organization just solely revolving around the oh yeah growing acquisition preparing and selling of specialized foods yeah and so these yeah. chefs have to kind of unionize and make their own like you know booster gang to kind of protect their own assets so they can be privately owned distributors and businesses within this big controlled industry you know and so like maybe exactly. it's, you know the, the muscle of this organization are just like all the sous chefs or like you know the chefs with their blades bus boys shit. you know that's the ranks and they're like bus yeah, boy yeah. waiter suit chef but you get my point D. like i think jobs is kind of a cool resource <laughs> what are some other ones like um you know the first the, the first one that, that popped in because i think I, I heard the word chef but uh but you know like uh i was gonna say like you know, in the police department stuff, but that's one of the roles. And that's also kind of a good place. Cause I think one of the already known gangs, I forget the name now, but it's all those uh, musicians, right? They're all like these hack musician people. And it's an actual gang listed in the night city source book. I forget the name now it's uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but, um, but that's also a, a, a kind of a good source 
uh, like I said, it's well, a, it's a job, mean, but it's also a role. But like you know, right? So yeah, so it, it falls into like, and then twenty seventy seven kind of plays more into that when you think of like the voodoo boys are the hackers, and the right. animals are more like the 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 muscle, and one gang is is special, and and sort of like, you know, for simplicity's sake, it's probably easier to say, you know, one gang handles one activity. One gang is known as the right. oh these guys. If you want drivers. You want these guys. If you want someone who's gonna, you know, make you custom illegal weaponry, you want to go to these guys. If you want someone who's gonna hack into a computer, go to these guys. But see, I like the um, I like the job resource thing. I think it's got like a fun sort of, I don't know, like little little thing to it or whatever. Like if it's like the librarians well, in, or something, you know, terms, and like they're they're terms, known like to be all these librarians that are like really good at researching. And so, like, they, they got into net running, and they're just called the librarians because they're, like, databases of knowledge. So maybe they're not fighters. You know what I mean? So, like, even if it's a, a sort of job position that wasn't a specific job that they actually had but represents that in the gang itself, in the name and in the style. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And it's, like, a really easy way for you to parcel out sort of activities and goals for the players to do because then it's, like, you know, in real life, Every every gang is probably a little good at everything. Like there might be one gang that specializes in, you know, hacking computers, but they'd have guys who knew how to break into buildings and shoot people up and and run rackets as well. You know what I'm saying? So that's real. But in in the game terms, it would just be easier for you just to parcel it up and make it easier. And and once again, in the creativity part, it's also a lot more helpful because if you realize you need a gang that does a specific type of activity that kind of lends yourself more into like, okay, well, thematically, this is what these guys would be up to. So then that kind of gives you a little bit like a, a guidepost, sort of like a landmarks in your creativity to say, okay, well, these guys are muscle. These guys will be dealing with the dock workers or, or transportation. So maybe I'll make them be like Teamsters. Maybe this is a remnant of the Teamsters got together and became a gang. And everyone's a truck driver or acts like they're a truck driver. Yeah. Yeah, they all wear the truck driver hats and stuff. But no, most definitely. I mean, you can kind of work it by the theme or the need and the action like that, you know, and kind of, you know, reconstruct it, you know, or deconstruct it, you know, work it backwards. But um, exactly. Think... And then, and then, and then to jump off what you're saying, because it, your, your way is just as valid, if not just easier in my mind, because you could just take a celebrity or take a celebrity concept, and I can think of a dozen, but the easiest one is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Take Arnold Schwarzenegger from Commando. Boom. You have an entire booster and poser gang. Just everyone wants to look like Arnold from Commando. Yeah, yeah. Arnold, no, and keep in mind, and, yeah. and keep in mind, it's not my way. It's just one of the hundred ways I'm trying to mention. You know, you can pull it from celebrities and pop culture. You can pull it from movies. You can get your themes from that, just like you pulled the mouth thing from Matrix, kind of sparked that idea. Um, you know, whether you're basing it full on, like, you know, the Cinnabites or Tiger King style or whatever, or you're just pulling a concept or a thing from it, just like jobs. Like I was saying, you can pull the concept from librarians and the knowledge sort of database aspect of being a librarian and pull that vibe from it. Or you can full on go the job thing like they actually are chefs because they have to deal with like the, the, the people muscling in over the food industry. So there's all different angles you can hit it from. Um, but there's even more than and, that. And I, still re- and I still remember Mike Pondsmith talking about how the Gilligans are there just strictly because his, his wife loved Gilligan's Island. And yeah. <laughs> he decided to put a po- poser gang comprised yeah, and- of cast members of Gilligan's Island. And it's completely preposterous 
but so are the bozos. Right. No, but uh, Lisa came up with uh, Lisa Pondsmith, his wife came up with the bozos as well. Um, and that I, I love the concept for that, not just because, you know, you picture the clowns, evil clowns from outer space look or whatever, you know, just wackiness and kind no of no lie. No lie. I always every I know that's not typically what they're supposed to look like. It's literally supposed to look like the classic clown just with a submachine gun. But I, I always in my mind, I always picture killer, killer clowns from outer space. Well, no, because I mean, hell, that's how they were drawn in the Night City source book. That's how Chris Hockabout kind of has them. You know, they're kind of abstract and crazy. And that was his inspiration for them. So it totally was presented like that to us when we were kids in that book, you know. But um, but I know that in 2077, when you look at it, they look like, like you said, normal people just wearing clown shit, you know. But um, but I but I love the the vibe of the bozos in the sense that it's not just their look and the clowny shit, but they're also kind of wacky and a little loose in the head. You know, they're they're a little fucked up. Like they, they'll, you know, get obsessed with like one person and fuck with them, or they'll pull pranks on people and terrorize them and get off on right. like causing. It's fear. kind of it's, like it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like for example, like like um, Jack Nicholson as the Joker in the original Batman, right? So there's a scene where he has the little lapel flower and he squirts it and, yeah. and it's like the gag, but it's acid. Exactly. Right? That's how I imagine a, bo- a, a bozo, in my, but looking like a killer clown from outer space. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I had uh, some bozos interacting with my players in some previous episodes and I had like one dude with a big flower on his chest and if they got close enough to do some melee and hand-to-hand, it would have squirted out some acid. And then I, a couple others, they would have a gun in one hand and what looked like a cream pie in the other that they would try to splatter on you. But it was like arsenic and shit and like acid in it. So, um, yeah, there's like just creative ways that I love uh, that the bozos can kind of do things. And it, and that should be inspiration too, you know, to think outside of the box. Like it doesn't always have to be like guns and blades and things like that, you know, or just sticking to like, okay, a net running style gang or a, this type gang or whatever. You can get real creative with it. Just like, you know, Lisa did with the bozos and kind of pulling in that clowny shit, but making it evil and, and crazy. I love that. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. That's, that's why I said, I said that this is one of those things about cyberpunk specifically that to me was like, wow, this is so refreshing because while I appreciate sort of the simplicity of being able to go into the monstrous manual and just knowing your enemies are there, what their relative powers are, and and what they're supposed to look like. There's a whole other thing to just be able to be like, oh, I can make them look exactly how I want them to look. I can make them act exactly how I want them to act. I'm not confined by the limitations of what someone else set as the standard. And, you know, I find that a liberating experience, but I also appreciate the fact that some people find it kind of scary, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, if somebody's not as creative in thinking or, or whatever, you know, maybe they're they're a little timid as, as to do that. They just want to kind of color within the lines and ha- have that all presented to them, you know, color by numbers and shit, um, which can still be fun. But, yeah, I just it's, there's just more freedom when it comes to cyberpunk. And that, I really like that. Um, but, yeah, there's just, uh, you know, aside from jobs and, and pop culture and music and film and things like that. Um, you can also just create gangs that maybe don't have any type of cork to it. You know, you, you can put them in some type of clothing or color or give them their unique thing, but you can also fit them in based on like structure. And that's kind of fun too. Like you can have, 
gangs that have a hierarchy or something to where there's like lower levels and mediums and ones that deal with specific aspects of the gang and then the leaders, or maybe it's more pack driven. Like I, I, I made up one, um, I think it was the jumper kids and I kind of put a twist on it, um, where it was, uh, pulled from, uh, another, I can't remember where the source uh, of the original one came from, but anyways, it was more like a feral pack of like homeless kids that were orphans that, you know, make their own gang. Uh, so it didn't really have like a leader. So it was more pack mentality. You know what I mean? And, um, I think it was just, uh, you know, kind of fun to mess with that concept because then like, there's not like a leader to take out or negotiate with. You're dealing with waves or sections or, you know, possibly a never ending assault if, if you wanted it to go that route. But I think that's another fun part about the gangs is to kind of look at the structure of it too. And you can get creative with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I did that a little bit too. They, I would, it was kind of weird because I didn't consider them a poser gang or booster gang. They were kind of a nomad tribe, but I played them sort of like a poser gang. And so they were called the Jolly Rogers. And I just told my players, like, just imagine Pirates of the Caribbean. That's what you're walking around. Right. Nice. Now. Everyone, everyone looks like Pirates of the Caribbean. And, and I said, but more importantly, it's real pirate rules. So I'm like, if you don't know about how real pirates were, you know, they were extraordinarily democratic. It wasn't top down heavy. Just because you were the captain of the pirate ship didn't mean you were in charge. The crew could very well just outvote you or just say, we ain't going to do that. And yeah, pull mutiny. That, and that's it. And so you had to sell it to the crew. Like you had to justify your position all the time. And if you screwed up, they could call you on it and you could no longer be the captain. And so I was like, yeah, that's the kind of organization this is. So just bear that in mind. And yeah, so... I love that. Yeah, nomads are also kind of a fun source, even though, you know, it's not gang, but it is kind of gang-like in that sense that, you know, it's very family-based. Obviously, going into red, it's a bit more noble. You know, they're more into travel and transport and kind of helping people in the cities kind of hold down the whole transport aspect. But as you see going into 2077, um, you know, they're not needed anymore for that. So they kind of are left high and dry with no jobs to kind of handle. And they all resort to becoming gangs, uh, which is kind of crazy. But um, but I, I've always had that sort of vibe like nomads. They're always like, you know, the lone drifter if they're away from their family and they're going into the city to get jobs or work with whatever team they're doing sessions with, you know, the, the typical. But there's also that other side where it's like, you know, biker gang vibe, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that biker gang culture is a big part of the inspiration for all of this. You look at like Sons of Anarchy, perfect example. You could put Sons of Anarchy, give those guys some, I always forget what the weirdo fuel they use in the future, uh, powered bikes, give them some cyberware, and it would be functionally no different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you think of them, the Mayans, the other gangs, you know, having sub gangs inside of your main gang. So they have like an umbrella where they're like, yeah, they're, they're the, you know, they're the ratchets, but they're part of our gang too. And, you know, that kind of bit. And yeah, that's, like I said, so many examples, so much inspiration. You can look at any aspect of, of culture and, and really just make your imagination run wild. Um, you know, I always I always like to look at things that like a clockwork orange. It's a perfect example of that. 
because most people don't remember it's a classic movie and it's a classic story but that was totally a fabrication in the author's mind and when he wrote that people were like that's ridiculous people would never be like that in the future and he's more accurate now than anyone was back then about <laughs> right future culture and, and and all that and he was literally he literally called it that young people would have their own secret language and their own secret fashion and would just have a completely different outlook on life and you would look at them and you would they would look like aliens to you yeah that's so true um yeah what other uh did we miss any sources i'm trying to rack my brain here um to see if there's anything else we didn't mention that you know, a new GM or somebody could kind of use as a resource to help spark ideas for a gang. I think we kind of covered all our bases with sources. I, I want to say, honestly, if, if you want to, if you like, not that we're experts or whatever, but, um, you know, to me, I'd say, look at the Warriors. That's probably the best example because that's really the, but the most extreme. Because literally, as you see the Caribbean characters go through their progression, and it's wow, like just a weird wackiness of of the different subcultures that gets exposed. Yeah, it's sort of the vibe of what cyberpunk is supposed to be based on. I also say Mad Max, um, the Road Warrior, uh, you know, the one out in the yeah. desert with the with the fuel trunk and the and the what was his name? Humongous? Was it Humongous? Um, the dude with the hockey mask. Yeah. Yeah, it was the name Humongous. That that whole vibe. That's totally. That's totally booster. Yeah, I was just working with him on a film, uh, this Maverick and Grundy film that I'm producer on in production, uh, um, design, and um, yeah, yeah we, we we just had him on set and we were talking about uh, him playing that character and different roles and how he was doing it. I guess coming in f from a broken back because of some car accident where he. I guess broke his back and then was saving some girl ahead of him and got her out of the wreck before another car hit behind them. And then after he saved her, he realized he had a broken back or maybe he was on a motorcycle. I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm just kind of pulling this out last minute. So I'm, I'm, I didn't think too much about it, but yeah, I actually know him. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So cool story. Um, definitely sons of anarchy. Um, yeah. definitely a clockwork orange. Um, yeah, if film can... and TV is an excellent resource. Um, but yeah, aside from film and TV, potential jobs, potential literature or, or past books, um, I think the other thing, uh, even though it kind of fall, falls into like, you know, maybe not pop culture, but like icon famous or whatever is like historical figures might be a fun poser gang. Like, you know, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe you have like an old colonial gang where they all have like, the powder wigs and like rotten wooden teeth and shit or, yeah. or like a bunch of Ben, minute, Fra a bunch of minute, Ben Franklin's that like have a bunch of Ben Franklin's that have, uh, um, the, uh, uh, slice and dice fingers, but it's like electric, like with like a key on the end. So it's like the kite, you know, you know what I mean? Lightning sort of thing. You can get creative within it and like, uh, and, and pull resources from anything. Um, so yeah, historical figures, books, jobs, movies, TV, pop culture, um yeah I'm, I, I will definitely everything. say that this is an aspect <laughs> this is an aspect of the game where you as a gm this is this is definitely your arena to put your personal stamp on your game this is where you can literally step away from the book and say when people play this game they're going to remember this because it wasn't in the book i made this up and it'll be your unique thing and trust me 
eventually you do this enough times you will you will end up with a library of materials that you can always just pluck from oh let me take this gang and let me take this location and let me take this thing and then you will trust me it will only improve your wheelbase and it will improve the tools you have available to make the game more fun and exciting yeah no most definitely and i think it's a it's definitely a part of the game where um it has a lot of freedom you know, just like uh, I'm, I'm planning to do a whole episode about, you know, custom corporations. Um, so it's the same type of thing. But I feel like Cyberpunk has always had that, I don't know, flexible open world vibe to it that where it's, yeah, it's an open world. It's, you know, it's a role playing game in, in itself based on the mechanics and, and what it is as a game, as a role playing game. But Cyberpunk specific, um, it just has uh, such flexibility within its, I guess, world building or lore. Um, you know, and they'll have their seeds and they'll have their uh, foundation or skeleton to work with. But my God, you can build so much on that. You know, you can add so much meat and skin to those bones and you can, you know, take that foundation and build whatever house you want, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's just a uh, it, cyberpunk just has that flexibility. So true. Um, for sure. And yeah, I was going to say, and I was going to tell you as much and just as much as I love to make custom booster gangs and poser gangs and dofer gangs my second favorite thing is to make custom corporations. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's, that's why I'm uh, definitely planning an episode of that. Cause that's like, it's uh, just as important to me. In fact, I, I actually honestly have more fun with that these days um, than the booster games, especially in the time of red, because red has all these neocorps coming up um, because it's the whole, po- you know, post fourth corporate war, post nuclear fallout, everything's rebuilding. So, some of the traditional corps just aren't there anymore. And there's a lot of neocorps coming up and subsidiaries that are now no longer subsidiaries, but above what they were once under. So there's a lot of turmoil and tension there. And I don't know, I, I love I love that um, uh, even a bit more. It just has a darker side to me now. And I don't know if it's maybe just because I've I've focused so much on gangs for so long because that's like a cyberpunk thing. And now they're they're kind of twisting it a bit with the corpse and the neocorp aspect of it. Not that the gangs aren't still there, but... Um, but yeah, no, I'm totally uh, getting into that as well on, on a separate episode. But I don't want to talk too much on that tangent now. I want to kind of wrap up this. I think everybody listening, you got some good tips. Hopefully you, you're inspired to come up with your own booster gangs and poser gangs. And uh, you got a lot of great uh, references and resources that we've named off here. If nothing else, you've heard a couple of our own personal little custom uh, gang ideas. And feel free to take them and use them and put them out there. Have fun. Um yeah, any last words before I kill this transmission? No, I think you said it all. And like you said, you know, I hope you get some inspiration. And like I said, for those guys who feel intimidated, don't be. The Fade Generator exists for a reason. And feel free to use anything you hear here. I would love to see the Silent and the Poachers live yeah. on in someone else's game. It would be a tremendous honor to me to know that that creation or at least some version of that or it inspired someone else to do something in their game. So feel free. And uh, I hope you, I hope this helped you out. Yeah. yeah, It'd be so fun to uh, see other people using uh, some, some of the the lore and cool creations you come up with and vice versa. If you're listening and you come up with some creative uh, gang, custom gang ideas, feel free to comment, send a message, join the cyberpunk uncensored group on Facebook, the Instagram, the fan page, definitely join the discord and start contributing ideas. Uh, You know, I use them in, in the gameplay we're doing, 
the official Red Rules live gameplay weekly on the Cyberpunk Uncensored Twitch and YouTube channel. But I'm also starting up with other GMs uh, streaming under the brand doing uh, Red Jumpstart games, which we just started today, games which we just started today, and the uh, 2020 uh, games, which I got a, a GM that's going to run some of those as well. So we're going to be bringing in more and more. So if you've got uh, fun ideas, you know, join us, contribute them, and uh, have fun. And, and hopefully uh, we talk and see you soon. So everybody take care. And you too, Hugo, take care. All right. You have a nice day.